Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Let's see if I remember how to preach. As if. As if. Well, I assume that Father Daniel and family are somewhere to the west of the Mississippi. Although, uh, from what I understand, bridges and stuff, the issues around Memphis make getting across the Mississippi uh, Homeric. Uh, so uh, hopefully they've made the journey and uh, they'll be in Dallas uh, Tuesday of this coming week. Uh, Archimandrite Garasim, who's currently our dean of our cathedral uh, out in Dallas, will be uh, consecrated uh, as assisting bishop for the Diocese of the South with the title of Bishop of Fort Worth. So uh, I don't know if any of you know much about Texas. I've learned a little over the years because Dallas being the Bishop's Sea City, I understand Dallas is kind of, you know, money and uh, all that sort of stuff. Fort Worth is cows. And so anyway, I'm, I'm not certain. Uh, I guess this might make, uh, might make Bishop Garossum our first cowboy bishop. But uh, so we'll see how all of that is. I, uh, Mother Beth and I are flying out uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, to be out there as well so so and we'll be flying back on thursday and uh, father and family i think will get back about friday so whatever your emergencies are uh, hold them off this week and uh we'll be back and uh we can be contacted or email or whatever and anything comes up uh you know uh, we love you and we'll take care of that so today i want to begin with some latin Woo! Anyway, um, a few of us, I like to do that, having majored in Latin and Greek. Um, it's nice to actually use it once in a while. Uh, feel like all that education was worth something. It's a phrase from uh, St. Augustine, who actually uh, had a, a real talent turning a good phrase in Latin. And it's quite simple. It's novarem me, novarem te. Now, you don't have to memorize that. Novarem me, novarem te. You see, it has kind of a Nice flow in Latin, but it means, uh, had I known myself, I would have known you. It's a statement to God. Had I known myself, novarem me, I would have known you, novarem te. Um, And it underlines a profound reality that the struggle to know God is also a struggle to know the truth of ourselves. Uh, and you might think that you know yourself, but I can promise you that you don't. Not yet. You're still working on that. Had you known yourself, you would have known God. Uh, and it works the other way around, too. But this last week in some conversations I was having uh, about prayer, someone said that uh, a Catholic priest once told them that if you continue praying, it was a Catholic friend, so that makes sense, um, says, if you continue praying, you will come to see yourself more clearly. I'm on board there. If you continue praying, you will come to see yourself more clearly, and you will not like what you see. Yes, I don't know if the priest's name was John Calvin, um, uh, but it, it had hints of that. If you keep praying, you'll come to know yourself, and you won't like what you see. And I'm thinking, well, who then would want to start praying? Uh, this is not exciting. Uh, I was kind of saddened about it uh, because I thought it 
cut short uh, the life of prayer as well as promising a terrible result. It presumed, it seemed to me, that the self at the very depths of who we are uh, as persons is actually something you wouldn't like. Now, I have, I've been there and I've met people who are there and I know for a fact that it's a terrible burden to carry this, this haunting sense that at the deep core of who I am, it's not something that I like. Uh, you believe that about yourself uh, and you spend a lot of time either trying to fix it or a lot of time trying to cover it, uh, but it's a terrible, terrible thing to live with. It's also, by the way, not true. This is very important to understand. This is not the truth. Uh, that the very depths of who we are is not something ugly, not something undesirable, not something wicked. You are not totally depraved. You're a little depraved. <laughs> Enough to get you to confession. Um, but uh, the scriptures tell us something very different about who we are. St. John, in his first epistle, the one we always used to call that Little John, Big John was the gospel, Little John was the epistles. And uh, so here in Little John, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, he writes this wonderful verse, Beloved, he's always, those he's writing to, calls them beloved. His, he just loves his favorite word. Beloved, he says, we are the children of God. And it hasn't yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when Christ is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. There's, an, there's the entire gospel of the life of salvation in that single verse. That it doesn't yet appear who we are. That's not clear. You're wandering around convinced that deep, dark, down inside is something terrible. And you don't know what you're talking about. You've been listening to somebody whisper to you. It might have been mom or dad whispering to you. Might have been some preacher somewhere shouting at you. Might have been a teacher trying to affirm the worst part of you. You know, you might have just grown up as a little noisy boy, you know, and uh, gotten the message that there's just something wrong with you. I remember my daughter, my second daughter, coming home from grammar school with a report card. And essentially, you know, there's that little section of the report card that's very subjective. It just sort of, you know, rates your comportment or something like that. And essentially it said, talks too much. I felt, I was taken back to my childhood. <laughs> talks too much. And I said to my sweet daughter, uh, something that I had learned because I've gotten, gotten to know uh, a little bit of Christ in me, and I said to her, sweetie, I know they think you talk too much. That's because they don't know what to do with people with such a gift. But someday, people will pay you to talk too much. <laughs> I've been doing it for years, so... Uh, yeah. 
So it's good. It's good. You just kind of have to learn how to channel those powers. And uh, so, and, and use them only for good, if possible. But this, there's so many myths that run around in our culture, the culture of, of self-improvement. It starts back in about the middle 19th century. The first self-help book was written. You know, and uh, it sold a lot because America is just all about progress and getting better and stuff. And, and I mean, you got Calvinist preachers on the one hand driving you down into the dirt and self-help, you know, hucksters on the other selling you books. Together, it's a growing industry, you know, and it's sort of part of the neurosis of our culture. It's much better to actually get to the scriptures and see what it is God actually says. It hasn't yet been revealed what you are. That is, as St. Paul will say in Colossians, that our true life, who you really are, our true life is hidden, is hidden with Christ in God. Our true life is hidden with Christ in God. So first off, if God is a mystery, so are you. So are you. Uh, this journey as we move forward in our life, this journey of salvation is a movement deeper into knowing God and as we know him, coming to know ourself. Novarim me, novarim te. Had I known myself, I would have known you. And also, had I known you, I would have known myself, understand what it was I was called to and who I am. There's this dynamic that goes on with the, with the disciples. Uh, sometimes we see it as Jesus plays with their names. You know, some of the disciples get nicknames. Uh, Simon, he calls him Peter. Uh, and I bet he wondered what that meant. Why are you calling me a rock? You know, is it this rock? You know, I think when he first called him, it was this rock. Uh, but, he's, you know, in, in the stories about Peter, I mean, he, he denies him. Nothing very rocky about that. Not pillar of the church. You know, he, even later we're told uh, in the stories of his martyrdom that he was trying to run away from his martyrdom. It wasn't being very rocky then. It said when he was running away from his martyrdom in Rome, he encountered Christ walking back in uh, to Rome and Peter said, where are you going, Lord? And he said, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. Peter, then when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Peter sees the Christ who is the crucified Christ and risen and sees then Peter and what rock means. And rock means turn around and go back to Rome. Finish what you started. Finish what I spoke to you by the shores of Galilee. Finish it in Rome. And he does. Today, today we commemorate all saints uh, through the ages of our Orthodox faith. They are stories. Uh, and there's reasons we put the pictures of them up. These are all, if you will, those who've been revealed to be like him. We see them now as they truly are. And they've got their stories. There's, there's Peter, you know, there's Nicholas. Uh, all of these stories, we've got St. Silouan. Where are you, Silouan? There he is, St. Silouan over here, now that was. Peasant in Russia. He messed up. He 
he, we're told he kind of got caught away at a party. And uh, well, a young woman, end the story, I won't go there. Uh, but, you know, at a certain point in his life, it, it, sounded, it just felt like he had really messed up. You know, and someone in the village could have said, that Silliman, he's a bad boy. You know, but God had other things for him. Instead, he goes to Mount Athos, and he becomes a saint. On and on, these stories. Mary of Egypt, we get the whole of that story in great Lent. She thought her identity was a drunken prostitute in Alexandria. And she didn't know until she ran into a force field trying to go into the church in Jerusalem. She didn't know who she really was. And she found out who she was in the deserts of Palestine. And you and I, uh, your story is the story of a saint. Uh, It is the story of a saint. Paul, when he writes his letters, writes his letters to the saints. It's a kind of a proleptic greeting. He sees where they're headed. You know, he doesn't say to the depraved in Ephesus, to the ne'er-do-wells in Philippi, to the very ne'er-do-wells in Corinth. I've had to write you two letters because you do a lot of ne'er-do-welling. No, he writes to the saints, to the saints, to the saints. He knows who they are, and he is about the business of calling people back to themselves. Novorum me, novorum te. Had I known myself, I would have known you. This is the life that is going on. So this is important when we're dealing with one another as well. When you're talking to one another, uh, when you're running to other people out there across the streets, everywhere else, even if they're not orthodox Christians, they're called to be saints. Every man jack of them, all of them, called to be saints. It's who they are. They don't know it yet. They need to hear their name. They need to hear some glimpse of it. What was it about Jesus that when people met him, they literally would drop everything and follow him? How do you do that? I'm absolutely convinced because it wasn't just that they saw him, but in seeing him, they heard, they heard the truth of themselves. It's irresistible. The truth of myself. Some, something you're afraid to even say out loud. I was riding along the car with my best friend when I was a senior in college. And uh, I had plans. To, I was going to go work on a doctorate in Greek, Latin, teach classics in college. That's what I thought my, my future was. And I was describing it to him with as much enthusiasm as I could muster. And uh, best friends sometimes have a way of doing some Jesus for you in your life. And uh, he turned to me and said, Steve, that's interesting. But what do you really want to do? I mean, I'd spent most of my time in college thinking this is what I really want to do. Mother Beth can tell you. She was engaged and had married a man who was going to be a classics professor. Suddenly... My best friend, other best friend, uh, says to me in the car, what do you really want to do? And I was silent for about five minutes. It's just one of those things. I mean, it's like, no one would bother asking me that. 
And I said to him, well, I really want to be a priest. Which I hadn't thought since I was 15. I'd first thought about it at age 15. And suddenly it came out of my mouth and it wouldn't go away. Uh, I, I went to see the priest at my church and told him about it. And he said, well, go do your doctorate in classics. You can always go to seminary. So I thought, oh, great. So I go back and, and just ignoring and you know, saying to God, no, 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 no. He said, do, do my doctorate first. I'll get around to it later. We'll talk in another three, four years. Uh, and it just kept dogging me, dogging me. We had exams coming up and I couldn't study. It's awful. I went back to see the priest. I said, it's not working. Because, oh, good, I just wanted to see if you're serious. <laughs> he sent me to see one of the other priests on staff who was kind of worked in that kind of stuff. And he said to me, he said, you need to look at going to seminary. I said, yeah. And he had some catalogs. He said, you need to look today. And anyway, I mean, all of that happened. And it was just, how was that that a word? What do you really want to do? I mean, he didn't know that he was... It was the voice of God to me that day in the front seat of my car. What do you really want to do? was really a question, Stephen, who are you? Who are you? Um, the first time I'd ever seen a priest was when I was 15. And there was something in me then that thought, that's, that's where I want to be. And, um, and then I forgot about it and did other things until it was reawakened. God, God is in our life working in us to bring us into union with him. And when we see him, when he appears at the end of all things, we will be like him for we will see him as he is. But every time he appears in our life and makes himself known to us, that little step is possible one step closer being truly who I am. God loves you. He loves you. He has an eternal divine destiny for you that you be conformed to his image, but his image with your name, with your name, or even it says a new name he will give you, but it'll be uniquely your name. And it's the best thing you've ever heard. You wouldn't dare want to be anything else. You would not want to be anyone else. Uh, this is just it's what you were created for. So we celebrate and all of the saints, those who have found their name, found their identity and manifested uh, the self they were created to be. God give us grace day by day to hear his voice, to see him as he makes himself known and to see him revealed as Paul said when it pleased God to reveal his son in me God reveal himself in us make us and reveal us to be like him. in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen.